You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So what is happening, y'all? I hope everybody has been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far. Even though uh, I know that I say this, uh, you know, I, I, I always wish that ev- all is well with all of y'all, TKO Nation uh, folks out there. However, you know what? Today, as I was saying that bit, I hope everybody's day has been good and I hope that everybody's week has been good. I know that for a lot of people listening to this right now, and actually a lot of people probably listening across the world, that has probably not have been the case. And I'm sure that by now, um, a lot of you have heard about what is happening across the world in the Middle East, in Iran. Uh, And everything started with uh, the murder of Masa Amini, who is a 22-year-old young woman in Iran who was beaten to death by the morality police in the country. And that has given rise to uh, people rising up against uh, the unjust that is being done to them and uh, a lot of women standing up for their right to choose and for their rights, period. So there's there's a lot to say there. And I understand that we are not a politics show and this is mostly a sports theme show. However, um, I do I did feel it as my responsibility to talk about this issue on the show, especially because I'm incredibly grateful for the platform that we have been given as a show by our family here at CFRU 93.3 FM. And um, I really reflected on this a lot because as many of you know, I'm Persian myself and my family is from Iran and to see everything happening over there. It has been weighing very, very heavy on me. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to say again here. Um, Probably will be beyond the scope of this show. However, I did want to use a little bit of time on today's show to say that we as TKO, as our family here, and of course, our family here at CFRU Radio, We stand by the women of Iran and we stand by women's rights. And I just hope that justice is served. That's all I'm going to say. And I do stand, you know, me, Janan, as the host of the show, I just want to say that I stand by every single woman who's out there in the streets fighting for their rights. I just want to say that. um, And uh, again, I I really am thankful for this platform that has been given to us. And I thought to myself, you know what? What better opportunity than to talk about it on TKO 
because I know that a lot of people, you know, if you're if you're Iranian or you if you're not, a lot of people have been using their own voice like they've been trying to raise raise awareness of this in their own way. And I just wanted to do my part. And I and it was something that that's just so close to my heart. So I really appreciate you guys, um, you know, listening to this and uh, hopefully if if the opportunity comes up please raise awareness of what is happening right now and be our voice thank you thank you so having said all of that i want to dedicate this episode to massa amini and i want to dedicate this episode to all other women who have been killed over the past week trying to defend Massa and try to defend their rights, their basic rights as women and as humans. So this episode is dedicated to all of you out there. Rest in power. You will never be forgotten. You're so close to our heart. And our thoughts and our prayers are with their families. All right. So having said all that, um, as you can imagine, I mean, you know, there's a lot of thought processes that go on when something like that is happening across the world and it hits home, you know, it hits home and you're like, you know what, as a person who is connected to the situation, I guess, by blood, by genetics, by ethnicity, however, you live in the diaspora and you're you just left here thinking, what can I do to help with the situation? And I'm really grateful to the universe and, of course, again, to our to our family here at the radio for the fact that we are provided with this platform to at least raise awareness of what is going on. But I was what I was trying to get at was, you know, over the past week, there's a lot of that that has been going on and it's been weighing really heavy on my on my conscience and whatnot. So I'd be lying if I said that when I went on my social media I was paying as close attention to combat sports updates and news as I was to that situation, you know, because, you know, you you have to do that social media activism when it comes to those type of world issues. So I was really trying to do my part when I came to that. And not to say that I didn't come across any updates in in the realm of combat sports. I did. And we're going to be talking about that briefly today, but mainly that was that was my focus when it, whenever I was tuning in to social media over this past week. So I wish I had more updates for you guys, but uh, today we're going to be only talking about uh, the fights that happened at Bellator actually last Friday. So this fight, I didn't really watch myself um, in in full uh, length, but I did uh, manage to watch some of its highlights. And this fight that I'm going to be talking about today, um, it was the fight, the co-main event fight at Bellator in Dublin that was between Yoel Romero and uh, uh, Melvin Manhove. So Yoel Romero, aka the wrestling god from Cuba, you know, Cuba's... uh, pride essentially right when it comes to wrestling and mma and he fought off against melvin manhove who is a very very well-known mma fighter and kickboxer from the netherlands and uh that fight was actually even just looking at the names of the two fighters and 
thinking that they actually fought each other that is so surreal by itself let alone you watching this fight and seeing the outcome it's like surreal to the power of 10 if that makes sense so today we're going to be talking about that fight today and um what the future holds for for both of these guys right because they're not let's be real they're not really at their prime anymore and uh they've definitely had a hot minute when it comes to their their experience and professional MMA. so we're definitely going to be getting into that in more detail in a few minutes what else uh we are going to i'm just going to be t- uh, giving you the heads up but we're not going to be uh i don't think we're going to be having time to break down this ufc fight night that i'm going to talk to you about today so this upcoming weekend uh october 1st saturday we're going to be having a ufc fight night between two wonderful women's strawweight fighters between the number one number five contender in the division Mackenzie Dern who's going to be fighting off against the number six contender in this division Jionan Yan and uh I've never actually seen Yan fight in the in the strawweight division which makes me think if she has recently signed her contract with the UFC However, Mackenzie Dern, I'm actually a huge fan of myself. Before Mackenzie was fighting professional MMA, she was actually a very well-known Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and actually world champion. So uh, she comes from a uh, family of uh, BJJ practitioners, excuse me, and her father, Megatron Dern, he is a very well-known figure in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that's how Mackenzie initially got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She conquered everything left and right in BJJ. And then after that, after having obtained a very strong BJJ background, then she transitioned into professional MMA. She was, I believe, uh, the first organization that she was fighting at was uh, Lions Fight Championship, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, in there, she was doing absolutely phenomenal. And uh, she was undefeated in that organization. And then she moved over to the UFC. She signed with the UFC. And you know what? I really applaud her. And here's why. Uh, because initially when she started fighting professional MMA, she was in the 135 weight division, which is the bantamweight division. She was doing really well in that weight division. She was winning fights. And, uh, what happened was that, you know, life happened and then she actually had a daughter and surprisingly, I mean, shouldn't really say surprisingly. However, in terms of like her health and for her own um, uh, sake, I I really don't think it was a good idea that she made a comeback as early as she did uh, postpartum. So three months after she had her baby, she was actually back in the octagon, which I mean, I don't know how she did it. I don't know if she, it was short notice or not. But uh, she was, that's, you know, I guess it also tells you how passionate she really is about the fight game, right? But she was back in the octagon uh, fighting her opponent. You know, she's had her ups and downs. Um, She doesn't have a perfect record, which is absolutely fine because I feel like she still has that fighter mentality and all the good reasons uh, that need to be considered to be a professional mixed martial artist. 
she has it all. She has a fantastic work ethic and a fantastic attitude. And here she is. She's actually moved down weight divisions. She's moved down two weight divisions. Now she's fighting at 115 pounds at the straw weight division. And since she has moved to this weight division, she's been so much more shredded. And as a result, she's put on a lot of um, uh, muscle, which uh, helps her a lot in this uh, lighter weight division because she can do do more power moves in in the weight division and uh you know in addition to all the brazilian jiu-jitsu skills that she would usually deliver in a fight i feel like the fact that she lost all that weight and has become so shredded as a result it has also helped her train uh better when it comes to striking so now i feel like she's finally found what's the word like a good spot or like a fine balance yeah that's the word she's actually find she has found excuse me a nice balance between the weight divisions and how she actually defines herself as a professional mixed martial artist it's not like we just regard her as someone who's really 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 good at uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu overall now we can finally say for sure that Mackenzie Dern is indeed a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. And as a side note, I always really genuinely enjoy when we have women fighters fighting on the cards. I don't know who needs to hear this. And whoever makes the matches, whoever the matchmakers are, Sean Shelby, whoever it is these days, they need to put more women on cards. Listen, I am just looking through this entire fight card and there, okay, besides the main event, which is between Dern and Jan, I only see two other bouts that are headlined or yeah, like headlined by women. And uh, I don't know what this tells you. You know what? For one episode, actually, I would be very interested to go do a little bit of statistical research and see how many fighters signed by the UFC are comprised of women versus men and what that tells us about the current situation of women's MMA, especially in the UFC because the UFC, we all know, it's the biggest MMA, uh, MMA organization in the world. So I just want, I really want to do that research and then I really want to get down to it and, and uh see where the problem is and why the UFC wouldn't sign more phenomenal MMA, uh, women MMA fighters, right? I know that we have a whole organization dedicated to just uh, women's MMA, you know, Invicta, which is great, but I feel like when we, you know, because nothing honestly really beats the UFC or Bellator, right? And feel like we still have a long way to go when it comes to uh, showing that, you know what, women's MMA is also there. It exists. And the quality of fights is the same, if not even better. You know, like, why don't we have at least a 50-50 mix? There's so many fighters signed by the UFC. Why can't we have a 50-50 mix of men and women fights in a particular fight night? We're, why is there still this flaw? It's 2022, and it's been almost a decade since the 
first time that women fought in the UFC when Ronda during the days of Ronda Rousey and Gina Carano, you know, like we've been through it for a whole decade. And I feel like, you know, it was good when uh, the UFC, I mean, I hate to put it this way and excuse the rants for for a hot minute, but I feel like uh, there was, you know what, there was more attention given to women's MMA when we had those big name fighters like Ronda, like, I don't know, like Yoana Young Jacek. And, you know, those fighters, those women fighters that the UFC regarded as, I don't know, quote unquote, breadwinners for the organization, people who actually brought more viewership to the organization and to the to the fight cards. When those women were still signed to the UFC, I feel like we had more uh, acknowledgement of women fighters in the organization. However, it has not been the same for the past couple of years, at least. And uh, that tells you something. That tells you something. Listen, whoever's listening to this right now from the UFC, if they are, it's not about who brings the most money to the organization. You need to... <laughs> You need to be more open-minded, please. And you know very well that your women fighters, you have such great talent in your roster in terms of women fighters. Like, come on. Just please. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I, I'm really trying my best to stay cool, but I know you guys know we have such great talent for women's MMA just in the UFC, not talking about other organizations. That's a whole nother story. But women MMA fighters, women combat sports fighters exist and they're freaking talented and phenomenal. So please give them the platform. Please provide them with equal opportunities as you do with male fighters and just see and observe for yourself what superstars they are and how much they can actually shine. So again, I don't know if anybody who's potentially related to making such changes in big organizations will be listening to this particular episode. But I mean, I don't know, maybe y'all can share the episode and then I'll just like eventually get to them to, to, whoever, <laughs> to whoever needs to hear it. But anyways, this is, this is my take on it. And you know what? I don't think it's a hot take. It's, it's a very, you know, 21st century take and a take that is just, it's supposed to be the norm. However, it, it still is not and it breaks my heart. But I hope that they fix it soon. And I, you know, having said that, I'm actually looking forward to the fight that is happening this upcoming Saturday between Mackenzie Dern and Jionan Yan, uh, I know they're going to absolutely bring the fire into the octagon. They're going to be doing so amazing, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, so now I'm going to move on to the Bellator fight that happened over this past weekend and talk about that a little bit. So talking about the co-main event at Bellator 285. And, oh, boy. I feel like at this point, the UFC is behind when it comes to the numbered pay-per-view cards at this point, which is, it, it doesn't really, 
make that much sense because uh yeah because i think the i mean yeah the ufc started their events earlier than bellator there were a organization much earlier than bellator but the next pay-per-view event for ufc is ufc 280 and the next pay-per-view uh, pay-per-view event for bellator is um uh, uh, Bellator 286, I believe. But I think uh, the UFC just made a bunch of their uh, cards into regular UFC fight nights as opposed to making them pay-per-view. But I think the Bellator has done the opposite, hence why they have more numbered cards, fight cards, compared to the UFC. Okay, but let's talk about the co-main event of, uh, I was going to say UFC, Bellator 285, Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhove. And so like I was saying in the beginning of the show, you know, these two guys, they are not necessarily at their prime anymore. But what's so special about them? I think what's really special about them is that they're absolutely the best at what they do and their specific um, specialty, if that makes sense, when it comes to MMA. So like I was saying earlier, Yoel Romero comes from a very strong wrestling background. He wrestled for the national Cuban team at the Olympics. And uh, that's what he's been doing for most of his life. And actually very late into his life, did he decide to get into professional MMA? And here he is 15 wins, six losses. He's doing, he's doing pretty great actually. I mean, you know, considering his age and whatnot, I believe he is well into his forties yet. He is fighting professional MMA after having done, uh, you know, high level wrestling for most of his life. So, Good, good on him, honestly. And to also talk about Melvin Manho for for a hot minute, he okay, actually no, yeah. So Yoel Romero is forty five, and Melvin Manho is forty six, which is, I mean, come on, that's actually a lot uh, for any athlete, first of all, and also for any athlete who participates in combat sports. Period. That's that's a lot. And I, I'll tell you why. So I would say like you're probably in your prime mid 20s to mid 30s. After you hit your mid 30s, you, you should probably consider retiring from your sports. But look at these guys. They're almost 50 years old and they're still going at it hard. And um, you know what? Like I said, they're not at their prime, but they're doing good considering all the other confounders including their age so you know i I really don't want to sound like i'm giving them grief or anything but i feel like they did pretty good considering how far into their career they are and again like the 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 age aspect and whatnot so melvin manhove uh he comes from a very strong kickboxing background you know, it, as it is uh, with uh, fighters and athletes from Netherlands, the Netherlands, uh, there is a very strong uh, realm of kickboxing in the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, that it makes sense why Melvin Manhove uh, initially started in that field and then transitioned into professional MMA. Having said that, though, he's had so do the math for yourself he's had 32 wins 16 losses one draw two no contests so just again do the math for yourself and um 
actually, after this uh, fight that happened over this past uh, Friday, Melvin Manhove announced that he has actually finally retired from the sport, which I mean, kudos to him because I feel like, um, you know, it makes sense, but also hats up to him. I guess to play devil's advocate because he has fought for most of his life up until this age and he's been doing pretty great uh, considering his age and his uh, record and, and everything like that. So when he fought Yoel Romero, uh, Melvin Manho was taken down in the third round and Yoel Romero won this fight over Melvin by doing very nasty ground a pound and uh, throwing very... Sharp elbows towards Melvin Manhove, which uh, managed to knock him out in the fight. And, uh, you know, this is like actually a lot <laughs> to process, I guess, uh, for someone who comes from such a strong striking background like Melvin. But I guess because things were taken to the ground as a result of Yoel's strong wrestling skills, it made sense why it went the way that it did. Nonetheless, uh, so like I said, Melvin Manhove has uh, retired himself from the sports and all hats off to him. Amazing career uh, in, in all combat sports. And, um, you know, I don't know what he's going to be doing after this point, potentially going into coaching mode, uh, which will be great because he is honestly a legend when you think about kickboxing and striking in general. So if that is the, the, the route that he's going to go down in, then good on him. It's going to be phenomenal for him. For Yolan Romero, though, um, it seemed like after this win, he kind of like he felt a little bit revived, which made a lot of sense. I mean, he had been having a lot of losses um, uh, previously, losses to Phil Davis, Israel Adesanya, Paulo Costa, Robert Whitaker. Right. And um, now that he's uh, won a couple fights, I feel like he is potentially thinking about doing something mm, like more challenging to himself, which would be interesting to watch. But I also do uh, <laughs> think about if he actually does want to retire from the sport, which I, I actually thought that he had already retired from the sport because he was gone for a little bit um uh, I'm trying to think for how long. I think, yeah, after his most recent loss, you could say against Phil Davis. But I think he was probably just taking some time off. But he has great spirit. He has great fighting attitude. And uh, looks like he's actually ready to come back into the into the cage again very, very soon. But whatever he chooses to do, I hope that he does what's best for him. I mean, it's great for you like i don't know how to describe it it's kind of like gambling like you go to vegas you're playing whatever i mean i i don't gamble so i don't really know the the name of the stuff that you could be gambling on anyways but you keep on gambling and you you're winning you're winning you're winning until you're not winning anymore uh, if you get my point. So uh, it's great that Yoel is all excited after after this uh, most recent win that he had against Melvin. But he needs to be, in my opinion, in my uh, honest opinion, I feel like he needs to be realistic and honest with himself as well. Because like I said, he's 45 years old and uh, sooner or later he has to make the big decision of potentially hanging up the gloves and um, thinking about 
something else to do other than fighting because one cannot be doing professional sports until old age and that's just a matter of fact right but nonetheless shout out to Yoel Romero he is a absolute badass and also kudos to Melvin Manhove and I hope that this next chapter of his career brings him a lot of uh, you know goodness and 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 happiness and good vibes but uh yeah that's that's what's been in the news over the past week but i will keep you guys updated with more fight breakdowns in in the upcoming week uh we're gonna be having a couple more ufc fight nights so i'm excited to be breaking down breaking down those fight cards for y'all in the upcoming weeks but i'm just looking at the clock right now unfortunately that is all the time we're gonna be having for this week y'all make sure you go to cfru.ca to catch up with previous episodes you can also go to spotify and apple Podcasts to download our episodes and until next time it's your girl john right here and this is tko peace out